1: Well, welcome back. Sorry to let you know that I'm actually having a couple of technical difficulties. <laughs> I can't. Oh, it should be. Hopefully, this is uh, going to pick up here in just a second. I'm trying to connect to the Internet. It's lovely today. Yeah, the amount of technology, it's great when it's working. You know, when, it, when it's working, it's phenomenal. But uh, when it's not working, not so much. A little uh, spooky that we rely so heavily on this stuff. And that's probably one of the reasons that so many people are afraid of, uh, self-driving cars and that kind of stuff, by the way, does get checked more thoroughly than say your cell phone or your laptop. Because the cell phone and the laptops, the manufacturer's like, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. You know, let's just put it out there let the public figure out what's wrong with it. And then we'll fix it. That's uh that actually was started by Microsoft, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, continues to this day. That's the that's the that's the model for a lot of these companies is uh, you know just put it out there. They'll figure out what's wrong with it and then we can fix it. And uh, so that's lovely. Yeah. Anyway, very frustrating, especially when you're old. <laughs> it gets to be much more difficult. But I did wanted to uh just talk about a few things today. We're going to be um doing a little bit different show. The last segment of today's show so when we come back from the second break, it's the third segment, we're going to be talking about the Lookout for the Bull website. I know I've been promising for a long time, and uh, we are, boy, I'll tell you, it'll actually start to go live sometime uh, in, this week. By By next Saturday, it will be live. So we've been uh, working hard and <clears throat> trying to make progress on that. We've been looking at lot of different things and i'll talk a whole lot more about that in fact i'm I'm probably going to dedicate the last segment of this show the bullington capital report to the lookout for the bull website that's the name of the new service the new website. look out for the bull a lot of different reasons for that so again uh if you want to if you like talking about individual stocks if you like to pay attention to what stocks are going up right now what kind of conditions there are out there in the stock market that the last segment would be the time to tune in. Uh, if you're looking at, or if you're downloading this, if you're uh, on iHeart listening to it, uh, if you're downloading it later as a podcast from iTunes, <clears throat> go right to that third segment. It happens right around 45 minutes. And uh, actually, no, I take that back. It's less lesson for about 30 minutes. And you can start from there. So it's going to be like a two shows in one from now on. So we're going to have two shows in one. And the first part of the show is kind of what we're doing now. I'm just going to talk about the economy, um, personal investing. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of things. Uh, I'll get guests on to talk about taxes. You know, every year we have a enrolled agent who I have on retainer who likes to come on and, and tell us what new things we can expect, where some opportunities might be. And, uh, basically some general, uh, financial planning issues that, that most people end up having. And so it's kind of a. I think it's interesting. It's an experiment. Uh, let me know what you think of it. It it should get better over time. <clears throat> We're hoping. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's very cold out there. I can't believe it. I I woke up this morning. My head was stopped up. I didn't turn the heat on in my place. I woke up. It was sixty two. <laughs> yeah, A little chilly. Yeah, but uh, not too bad. I actually. I, this is my favorite time of year. I I really like this time of year. I've worked outside. With my father, from the time I was big enough to, to carry a hammer, up until I uh, graduated from college, and you know, in the fall, you could just do so much more with uh, without getting tired. Uh, it was just so much easier when the, you're coming out. There's a nice cool breeze blowing. The sun is out. Sun's not. You know, it's, you're not getting sunrise quite as early, and it's getting dark a little earlier. But boy, you could really fly during those daylight hours so i really really appreciate this time of year it's one of my favorite times of year and uh it also happens to be one of the tougher time periods for individual stocks or not individual but stocks in general the uh months of august and september actually are generally producing less than the months of october november december most people that are really old (laughs) really old would be like well I guess there is no really old. I've seen some people in their eighties that, you know, you would have thought they were in their fifties. But anyway, people who have long memories remember that in October, 1987, there was a big drop. And a lot of people remember October of 1929, big drop was the beginning of the, the depression that lasted for a long time. And so October sticks out in a lot of people's minds who have, uh, studied history or have long-term memories that are pretty good. And they look at that and go, wow, that, that's not so good. You know, aside from those two big occurrences, it's actually a pretty good time for the year. So in uh, October, November, the the best quarter tends to be the fourth quarter. The second best quarter tends to be the first quarter. Why? I have no idea. I have no idea. And I'm sure it changes over time, just like markets you have a tendency to change and they do markets just have a tendency to change. You know, one of the things that you need to plan for in your plan for retirement is change. Things are going to change. How are you going to adapt to that? Now today it's a little easier than it was when I first started in the business. From a lot of standpoints, it's a lot easier than it was when I first started in the business and, and from other, uh, Avenues, I guess, or other viewpoints. Some of those things have gotten much, much more difficult. So certain things today work better than they used to. And other things don't work quite as well. And it's not like it happened overnight. It's not like you could actually see it coming, which is a, that's a big problem. People trying to see the future. We'll talk about that particularly in a few minutes, trying to see and predict the future that is the kiss of death for a financial plan. I'm telling you, it's the kiss of death. You want to make sure that you fail? Make a prediction that is the underpinning of your entire financial plan. Just one. One little prediction. But make sure that you're counting on that. <laughs> because that is that is almost it's almost guaranteed that that's going to change and then your plan's going to fall apart. So how do you, I know a lot of people are thinking, boy, he's just being smart Alec. No, actually, I'm going to give you the solution. That's the problem. There is a solution, and the solution is being flexible, knowing what your options are. Hey, if this doesn't work, we're going to do this. I was at a football game last night, a high school football game, the Kenston Bombers. (laughs) They're doing very well. They're undefeated this year. Last year, they were state champs in their division. They come out against this team. The other team's not supposed to be very good. The, uh, boy, you couldn't tell that from the way they played the first half. Yeah. Those guys were tough, really tough for the first time this year. Looked like, you know, these guys might not win and are going, uh, oh, (laughs) that's not good. Yeah. So, but you know what they did? They went in and they made adjustments. They didn't stick with the same stuff. That wasn't working. They recognize the fact that, hey, this is not working. Now, you can be like a lot of people who are very stubborn. I played under a coach like that. Man, oh, man, you talk about brutal. Whole time he coached. Nope, we're going to do it this way. Okay, coach, this is not working. I don't care. We're doing it this way. You guys are just not trying. No, 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 no. We're not that much better at every position than the other teams are, so we need to change and play to our strengths. And um, you know, your coaches really don't like to hear that out of a twenty-year-old. <laughs> that is that is not what they want to hear. Never mind that it was true, <laughs> but they don't want to hear that. And uh, so, I was so, so many memories come back through my mind uh, when I'm watching uh, you know, younger people playing football. Uh, older is. Uh, I mean, those guys are really sophisticated. The game has changed so much. I'm glad it has. It's a better game today than it was when I played. It's 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 less violent. Um, players can play longer. They're not going to get banged up quite as much. A lot of people. You still get, especially in the NFL, you're going to get banged up. Anyway, I'm digressing. What all this was going towards was, you know, when you have a plan, I don't care what it is, what kind of plan. There's a plan for football. There's a plan for what you're going to do at work. There's a plan. For, you should have a plan for what you're going to do financially. And it doesn't have to be very complicated. that That's my battle, by the way. Every day I go to work and I battle the complicators, the people who think that 10,000 words are much more eloquent than 10. But if 10 can get the job done, that's where I'm going. <laughs> So I want things done I don't want to leave anything out don't get me wrong I'm not trying to be lazy that that's another that's one of the things that you got to be aware of when you're trying to eliminate steps don't eliminate something that's necessary that's hard to know that's really hard to know it's actually one of the reasons I have a job. I know most of the steps that you can leave out and which ones you can't and uh, oftentimes uh, we all would like to be able to Uh, leave out a lot of steps that are necessary. And unfortunately, that's just, uh, there are certain things that you do have to know, certain things that you have to prepare for. Like, what can you know? Well, here's something you can know. You can know for sure that you don't know how much Social Security is going to pay by the time you get there. You can know that. That you can know. And I know that upsets everybody because you know what they wanted to know? They wanted to know what social security was going to pay <laughs> when they got there. <laughs> so what you can do in a situation like that, when you get to those types of questions, Hey, should I sell my home or should I buy a vacation home? Man, do you know how many um, issues can, can come up? It's it's an amazing number of issues. Now, if you're a, you know, if you won a hundred million bucks in a lottery, and you're only looking at spending a million dollars, which is a huge amount of money, to spend a million dollars on a home, you can probably afford it. Okay, that that's easy. But if you have a million dollars in net worth, and you're looking at buying a million dollar home instead of renting a place to go down and stay every winter, the uh, that is another question altogether. I'm going to say. You can't really know the answer to that. It, there are certain things that are, are going to come up when you get close, you know, that you've got to wow, well, let's take a look at this. And by the way, hopefully, you know, this, this is why I'll never buy a house in Florida because when I do the, uh, I'm going to have the insurance that costs almost as much as the mortgage payment does for most people because I'd like to be closer to the coast and then they'll get a category five hurricane come in there. And they're going to double or triple the the insurance rates. <laughs> uh, bottom line is, you got to do the best you can. You got to be practical. And I know I'm giving some extreme examples. And the reason I give extreme examples is just kind of to to get a point across. I'm just trying to get a point across. You know, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can know. Now you got an obligation. You and your advisors have an obligation to take a look at all the available options or the options that are available to you rather and discuss them. And if you know what the pros and cons are and you're willing to accept the fact that there are just certain things that you just cannot know and you got to know what those are, that it's important. It's not what you know that springs up and gets you. It's what you don't know. What's even worse is what you think, you know, that just ain't true. (laughs) That's a big one. And, um, that's a tough one for somebody like me to have to bring up to somebody's attention. It happens quite often. Somebody brings something up and they think that this is the way it works. You know, I've heard that the S and P makes 10% a year. Well, yeah, but the entire time I've been licensed, which is over 30 years now, it's never returned 10% in any single year. <laughs> it's never done that. Yeah. So averages are, are misleading. And if, by the way, that average has been accumulated with two times where it was down over 50%. was down by half, and it still has the average. Now, if you look at the past 20 years, because there was that 10-year time period where it went down 50%, then went up and then went down 50% again, the, the average during that time period was right around 7. So 7 is a lot different than 10. It's a lot different. Seven, it's actually almost twice what the current interest rates on 10-year treasuries are. (laughs) If you're at, let's think about this for a second. So seven. So now you're talking about 7,000 versus 10,000. Seem like a lot. Or how about 70,000 versus a hundred thousand? That seem like a lot. How about 700,000 versus a million? Does that seem like a lot? Or, Let's even go further. Seven million versus 10 million. That's an extra three million. Yeah, it's a lot. That's my point. It's a lot. So if you were counting on earning 10% a year and you end up with seven, your plans could come in and you could miss. You know, if you have to have 10% to reach your goals and then you come in at seven, you're going to miss by a lot. So you know, I get accused occasionally. Of Of being negative, because I have this saying i'd I'd rather plan for the worst and then hope for the best and i and I just don't understand why people think that's negative I mean I do kind of get it they're they're not listening to the entire thing because most people have a an attention span worse than a gnat. <laughs> they heard the first part and they just tuned the second part out okay so hope for the best you know but If the best doesn't, if you plan for the best and then you come in anything less than the absolute best, you're going to be really short, which I know is exactly what you want to do in your retirement years, right? You want to start cutting back on what you eat, not going on vacations, just staying home, maybe getting a second job. Yeah, but I'm going to show you, we'll talk about how not to do that (laughs) when we come back from these commercial messages. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned.
0: When I wander through the desert And I'm longing for my home All my dreams have gone astray
1: We're back. Hey, if you'd like to call us today, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And uh, feel free to uh, give us a call or go to our website if you want to contact us, try to get an idea of what you might be able to do to take a look at your position and maybe improve it a little bit. There's no cost to that Get Acquainted meeting. Get acquainted meeting. don't know why I'm having trouble speaking this morning, I think. <laughs> I must have an allergy. It feels like my tongue's actually a little bit swollen to, to something. Anyway, uh, it's so funny. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the simple plans online. To, you know, all my uh, competitors in the industry I've got a whole website to simplifying financial planning. And the first post lists eighteen bullet points. Does eighteen sound simple? <laughs> eighteen bullet points. And the 19th bullet point, uh, bullet point says, and a whole lot more. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. The, uh, well, we're working, we're, I'm going to work on that for you. Reality is there are tons of retirement planners out there. I've got them on my website. Uh, they're, they're all over the internet. And you can go in there, and uh, I'm going to give you a really quick, really simple way of trying to figure this out without having to, uh, I actually, you can probably use the calculator on your cell phone. <laughs> In fact, I'm I'm sure you could. Just take your current income, whatever that is. Okay. Take 75% of that. That's approximately what you could live on without having to cut back severely on your lifestyle. Now, multiply that by 25. I used to say 20, but 25 is a better number now. And there you go. You've just figured out how much money you need to retire. If you had 25 times your annual 75% of your income, that's enough to retire. Now, when you start to do this math and you see how big the numbers are, you're going to go, (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's a big number. It's very difficult to replace a, a working person's income from their investments. It's really difficult. So, But that's how you do it. That's how you figure it out you take 75%. And, you know, uh, by the way, that number is just arbitrary. I pulled it out because it will work for most people. Some people, it won't. You know, if you're looking at 75% of your income, the, uh, some people can't, some people are living on 110% of their income now or 120. The younger they are, there's kind of an inverse relationship that tends to be, that number tends to be much, that number tends to be much higher. But, uh, but that's just general rule of thumb. You don't have to uh, cut back tremendously at 75% of your current income. And so you multiply that by 25 and and there you go. I, I multiply mine by 20 because I'm a little more aggressive in my investing. I'm going to carry a 70% stock exposure, 30% bond fixed income. And uh, that should work for me based on, on my numbers. And again, I'm one of those guys... Let's let's plan for the worst, but hope for the best. So that should be uh, that should be fine. And for the vast majority of people, that would actually be pretty good. Uh, and I can't tell one one of the things that you probably should do if you want go to my website. Just request this; I'll send you a copy of the budget worksheet that I use. It's very important that you sit down and you figure out what you have to spend, you know, what you have to spend each month, and I this is one of the oldest concepts in financial planning uh, or financial advice, but determining whether or not you need something or whether you just want it really badly, you know, fund the needs, um, set up a fund for the wants and be careful with it. Don't spend the money on the wants until you've got the funding for your retirement. So that should be part of your budget is how much you're going to set away for retirement. And I know it's, this is just so hard and young people, they don't listen to this at all. They're like I have all kinds of time, yeah, but you don't understand. It that number that we're talking about about's a big number. It's huge. Just do it. Now, maybe you're in college. Take 75% of the income that you would like to have, then multiply that by 25. See what it is. See what it is. I should have uh yeah, actually I do have my uh other calculator here. So let's say you'd like to you're a college kid and you think well $10,000 a month would be great that's $120,000 a year before taxes 75% of that is $90,000 25 times that is 2.25 million it's 200 it's 2,250,000 So if you got two you know that's the number better get cracking <laughs> And this is why you, you can't really afford to put that off You know, you tell people you're, you you specialize in retirement income planning or retirement planning. And then the young people are like, Oh, I don't have to worry about that. No, 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 no. You see, the one thing that you can never get back, the thing that you can never make up, there are no do-overs is the amount of time you spend. You can never get that back. Once it's gone, it's gone. Nothing you can do about it. So you got to pay, uh, you know, try to pay attention. Um, it's hard. I get it. I understand. It is really hard. And it's so one of the reasons you should probably start doing this in parents. You should start teaching their kids before they graduate college. Let them know what they're up against. Let them know. Have them look at what the average rents are. Have them look at what the average car payments are. All, you know, all those things you've been taking care of for them. Have them look at their their food bills and start figuring out how much of an income they're going to need to be able to be independent is it a lot of work. Yeah, that's why no people, that's why nobody's doing it. But you've got the internet today. Everybody's got the internet. You've got the ability to go in and do this. And it's not really all that difficult. Um the uh I guess the the next seminar I do, I haven't set up the date yet. We'll we'll talk about this. It's a it's a big deal. And realistically, grandparents, you should start teaching this to your grandkids. I'll put a little kit together for you. I'll, I'll bring it to the next seminar. Talk to your grandkids. When you get them, when they're about 12 years old, they already know all the math that they need to know. And they're not, they're too young to work yet. Uh, well, some of them are, but uh, I wasn't. Yeah, I got to go to work when I was 12. I was lucky. So, but not that it really helped me a lot because I didn't have anybody teaching me this stuff. <laughs> I didn't find out about this until I was almost 30 yeah it was crazy so anyway the uh yeah teach your grandkids teach your grandkids how to uh you know how much money it's going to take for them and you might l- look at that and go why well, well I don't want them to be worried or afraid why not i mean actually they'll learn how to handle it they'll develop a plan and uh you know plans should be the young people today i used to when i was starting in this business about 30 years ago, they used to teach us that, you know, you had to put a r- roughly 7% of your income away. Well, those numbers have doubled. I mean, you need to put somewhere around 15% of your income away. And I know when you talk to people that like 15%, I can't live. Well, let me tell you something. If you, if you save 15%, first of all, it's going to be pre-tax or at least some portion of it. So it's not actually going to be 15% of your take home pay. Secondly, if you think it's hard living on 85% of your income, wait till you try living on none of it. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> That's really hard. And um, so anyway, I'm going to leave that uh, there. And, and the bottom line is you just try to do the best you can. Just whatever you can do, do the best you can. And it, it's one of the uh, uh, bigger problems in, in the industry, uh, in not in, in the world, because people just don't know. It's not really being taught. They they should start teaching this to sixth graders. That's about the time your mind can actually wrap around all the concepts, and that's what you need to do. Start teaching it to sixth graders. And uh I should put a course up for that, but I'm already stretched too thin. Yeah. Well actually I don't know about the thin part, but the uh <laughs> I'm stretched. Anyway, and I'm really stretched because uh nobody's calling with questions. <laughs> numbers two one six nine oh one oh nine four five if you'd like to call us two one six nine oh one oh nine four five you can go to my website to contact me if you've heard anything here that you'd like more information on if you'd like to sit down and uh, go through some of the things we can go through the uh uh budgeting worksheet i'll send it to you and then uh, we can talk about it if you want to take advantage of that get acquainted meeting i can show you the different ways of investing the biggest thing that uh um, I think most people get caught up on is trying to figure out what the market's going to do over the next few months. That's a bad idea. That is a horrible idea, by the way, you guys. And if you want to break yourself from doing that, just look at the headlines, write down, just keep a journal, write down what you think the market's going to do based on the headlines that day. Do that consistently for about six months. Once you've done that, you will realize that you were better off flipping a quarter. Okay. And once you realize that, you'll stop doing that. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, but you want to uh stop trying to guess. That's what kills me about you know, just stock investing altogether. Mm-hmm. As first of all, you're probably going to have to learn some methodologies. You have to learn learn something about it. Now, I I got to admit I know people that have a ton of money. They don't know anything about investing. They just bought a bunch of stock mutual funds and held on to them. And did they beat the S&P 500? No. Most of them didn't. There were time periods when they did. But they accumulated so much wealth that they don't care. (laughs) I mean, how good would that be? Not to care, so they they got there by not caring. They bought it, didn't look at it again. They added to it, never looked at it, and uh, they still don't care. (laughs) So I think that's pretty cool. Anyway, I got to take a real quick call. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're saving my voice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Good morning, Bill. Hey. Say, I got a general question for you on investment strategy. You got it. Um. I'm sitting on a pile of cash right now, and I do want to kind of edge my way back into the market. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend a dollar-cost average, dump it all in at once, or buy on the dips?
1: Well, buy on the dips, first of all, is way too um, muddy (laughs) because you have to define the dip. What's going to be the dip? I would probably take a look at what your overall tolerance for a decline is, and then I would set up a uh, a breakdown between stocks, bonds, and cash that should keep you from going down as far as you think you could, uh, more than you think you could tolerate. And I'll give you an example. Say the S&P 500 was down 50% twice in one 10-year time period. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you figure if it happened two times inside a one ten year time period, probably could happen again, right? Amen. <laughs> so if you don't want to be fifty percent down, fifty percent or more, don't put a hundred percent of your money in stocks. But let's take that number of fifty percent because we got to use something. Fifty percent worst case scenario. It, it's very rare that it's been down more than it was down more than that. I think in the early nineteen thirties, if you measured from the peak in twenty nine, but. That uh, was once could it happen? Yeah, it could happen. Doesn't happen very often. So, but if we take that and we use that as our number, okay, so if I, I don't want to be down 50%, let's say what would happen if I put half of my money into stock funds, and then the market went down 50%. How much would I be down by?
0: Uh, 25%.
1: Yep, you got it. So if I have a 25% decline tolerance. If I'm willing to be down 25%, then I can put up to 50% of my money in stocks. And that's the most important question because we don't know when the market's going to have another one of those. But what I do know is I'll be losing sleep if I'm down more than 25%, if that's my number. So if I start off there as, okay, if we did get a correction, which by the way, it took more than a year, those really big ones normally do the, uh, if I get a big correction of 50% and I come in and I rebalance my portfolio every 12 months or so, I will be, uh, I'll be—I'll make my money back a whole lot quicker by doing that because I'm going to be able to take some of the money that I s- s- put over in the safe money and move it into stocks when they're down because one thing I can tell you for sure, stocks have never gone down 50% and stayed there. That has never happened. (laughs) So the uh, bottom line is I would start with that first. What is your tolerance for a a decline? And then put the portfolio together, whatever that is, you're going to put that together. And if you get a correction that happens to be more than 20%, and this is a Bill Bullington rule, by the way, you get a correction that's more than 20% in the market, start rebalancing. Let's do it a little at a time. That safe money you left over there, you can start to increase the amount that you're putting in the stocks. Just bring it back to equal. or maybe even not completely back to equal. If you were down 50%, maybe you just take a third of the money and rebalance the portfolio. See, if I bring it back to 50-50, the way I started, and the 50% is down, what it's going to do, it's going to sell some of the safe stuff, put it into the stock funds that I have, and I'm getting lower prices on it, that's a good thing. Eventually, that'll recover. That's the solution, by the way, to having to know if and when the market's going to have a correction. We all know the market's going to have a correction. We just don't know when. Mm -hmm. So the solution is to come to your original allocation and say, okay, instead of running, hiding, panicking, I already planned on this. I already knew that this had the potential to happen. You can... A, either wait until they come back, or B, you can rebalance your portfolio. It'll move some of that money from the safe money to stocks when they're on sale. Hey, I, I hear the music. i got to take a real quick commercial break. You want to hang on?
0: Oh, no, it's good. It's okay, Bill. I appreciate your uh, your opinions on it, and I really enjoy your show.
1: Oh, thank you very much, and have a good day. And uh, you're listening to Bill Bullington, 1420. Be right back.
0: But once again, I say amen. And it's still raining.
1: I am, and we are back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Uh, feel free to reach out to me on my website. If you have a call, question, comment, concern, we offer a free get acquainted meeting. If you'd like to come into the office, um, typically I don't speak as loud as I do on the radio. <laughs> Sometimes I get excited. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anyway, so I thought, you know, I talked a little bit earlier in the show about the the fourth, or I'm sorry, the third segment of uh, today's show. And we're going to kind of do this on an ongoing basis. There's a website that uh, it's going to be out uh, shortly. I know everybody's tired of hearing that, but uh, it, it's a lot more work than it ever has been. You know, it's just crazy. So, but, and here's what it's going to talk about. There is a, a methodology. It's an investment style. Uh, a lot of people have used it over the years. Uh, Janus, 20th Century, Dreyfus Funds, Dry House. Some really successful portfolio managers. The vast majority of them don't do this anymore because they got so big. This is not something that you can do when you're managing billions upon billions the way that these guys are now. So they've actually had to change their methodology somewhat. Um, which is, is fine. So, but I've, I've found that uh, it's still fun to manage some money this way. Um, it can be not so much fun if you have to do all the work yourself. Which is why the website idea came up. Why don't I just start to share some of the uh, the ideas that come across my screens? I'm actually going to share the actual screens that I'm running, and it's a uh, um, that's a good thing. So there's an educational proponent to it. We'll talk about that on an ongoing basis, and at some point in time, we'll start to have you know we'll talk about this at at meetings. Yeah, you know, when we do the uh, seminars. Uh, anyway. It's, it's something that I like doing, it's interesting, and when you get into it, if you start reading, you start looking at long-term charts on stocks, you'll know more why, it'll make a whole lot more sense to you. In the meantime, I just thought I would go through one of the scans, and uh, one of the scans that I run is a uh, three-month relative strength, That's what that means is over the past 90 days, I'm looking at those stocks that have been very strong. Those stocks have been going up a lot over the past 90 days. Now, why they've gone up a lot is another story. I will typically take a look at why they're going up. I don't like to buy stocks just because they're going up because that can be pretty difficult. But I've been doing this a long time. So having done it for a long time, you're going to get to hear about stocks that I'm buying or going to buy or already own have to tell you that and you're going to hear everything the reason i named the site look out for the bull is because a lot of sites will promise you easy riches and boy if that were true you know i'd be worth a few billion dollars (laughs) but uh it's not easy but it is fun if you like it you're going to really like this and and if you don't you'll find out and what's really nice about it is if if you've Try it because it sounds intriguing. It sounds like it's something you might want to do. And then you find out that you don't like it. I'm going to show you how not to lose a whole lot of money (laughs) in the process. (laughs) That That's kind of the key. By the way, that is the key of successful investing is controlling your losses. That's more important than identifying big winners. Anybody that buys stocks consistently over time will eventually get their share big winners as long as they still have some money left (laughs) in anyway so a lot of this stuff will become more clear uh, over the years and uh, we're we're working on a whole bunch of stuff with this and I'm working on the uh, bunch of stuff in my practice my fixed income models are going to change here shortly Uh, if you're a client you're listening to this get ready there are going to be some changes it's going to be very beneficial I think you'll really like it a lot Uh, like a lot so and we'll talk about more about that next week because we we just decided I'm, I'm going to make those changes this week. And once we've done it, then we can talk about what we did and why. So in the meantime, you can still call in if you have questions, 216-901-0945. And again, if you want to set up a again-equated meeting, feel free to go to my website, bill at com. I'll show you that the math that I was talking about a little earlier, how to figure out how much you need to be able to fund your retirement without going through 18 or 19 steps or many, many more. <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyway so one of the uh i don't know if you remember but uh avon had come up avon products had come up uh symbol was avp and i talked about it and then i didn't buy it and then it went up some more and i talked about it again and then by the time i got around to buying it, i did buy it and a couple weeks later it went down and stopped me out <laughs> I got stopped out of it. No big deal. I'm not even sure if I made money or lost money on it, quite frankly. Yeah, I don't really care. It's, you know, and it came back up on the scans. Yeah, which is kind of funny. The, uh and uh, it's still relatively cheap. What's really interesting about that is Avon came up, and then today, or on Friday, Revlon comes up. Uh, what do Avon and Revlon have in common? Both makeup stacks, right? Yeah. What's really interesting, oftentimes you'll see companies, when they're when they're doing well, you'll see a lot of companies in the same industries going up at the same time. Often it's because some portfolio manager out there somewhere who's managing big bucks thinks that maybe the cosmetic industry is going to be doing well. So they can't buy one or two stocks because they're managing billions. They're going to have to buy the whole group. And that's typically what they do. So that's all the thinking (laughs) that actually goes into that. Other than the fact that I look at the price to sales ratio and it's only 0.41 on Revlon. And I think Avon's is actually lower than that. Okay, So the price to sales ratio is one of my uh, secret tools that I like to use. We'll cover that at the next workshop too. Because uh, that is something that uh, is going to take you probably 30 or 40 minutes to, to get through. But think about that. 30 or 40 minutes, really? That's it? That's all you have to concentrate for? <laughs> That'll give you a huge edge over everybody else that you know? And probably 90% of uh, professionals? Yeah, at least 90% of professionals. I've been in this business a long time. I'm the one that thought this up. Actually, I thought it up. It was a suggestion and uh, the result of a lot of experience. In doing these things by hand and realizing, Hey, wait a minute. You know, there is a shortcut here. I do, I remember earlier on the show, I talked about being careful of shortcuts. And yes, I know what the weaknesses are of this particular methodology. So I'm just keeping it in the back of my mind when I'm looking at this. Anyway, Revlon, Revlon has, by the way, it's a cup with the handle pattern for all you William O'Neill guys out there. It's at 24 bucks and it looks good. It closed right near the high of the day. Um, now you might buy it. I think what was the other one? I uh, I I bought it and I got stopped out the same day. <laughs> Just re- recently, it was funny because a few weeks ago I started doing this. Market was doing pretty good. We're up. I'm not even I'm not even close to being fully invested in it. We're actually slightly ahead of the market. And then the uh, market turns, starts heading down, and all of a sudden the stops start getting hit, and I'm getting these notifications. That's one of the things I really like about today. You guys have it made out there. You have no idea what this was like before you had cell phones. You had no idea. And electronic trading platforms, are you kidding me? I used to have to call those orders in, and and I would have to have alerts that would, I'd have to stay in my office because I had this thing that was monitoring in real time, and this noise would come out. It would say, strategy alert, strategy that meant you better get in there and check it out and sell something. <laughs> because it's going down. And um by the way, people have a bunch of different feelings about this. You know, and, and uh, you're you have every right to your feelings. This is America. I'm just telling you that this is a style, it's not for everybody. Uh, but if you like it, it's you know, you're really gonna enjoy it. So anyway, Revline came up, one of the first stocks and one of the scans. Uh, and then right next to that. Amcore technology. Now that's a these are classic looking, the reason I'm pointing these out is because they are classic breakout patterns. This one's actually breaking through a triple top. So if you know what that means, great. If you don't, don't worry about it. You don't need to know that. That is not necessary that you know that. So don't get panicked. Yeah, if you ever want to look it up, fine. You know, if you ever want to come to the seminar where we talk about it? That's fine too. But Amcore technology, the symbol is AMKR. It's a semiconductor manufacturer. How many times have I talked about semiconductors on this show in the past two years? <laughs> like every week. <laughs> so, uh yeah. And uh, I'm familiar with this company. It's been around for a very long time. I remember back in the uh, late 90s. Holy cow, that thing just ran like crazy. In fact, at one point in time, that stock had traded as high as $65. It's at $9.88 right now. And it's breaking out to the upside. Okay, why am I telling you that? Well, sixty-five dollars down to nine dollars—that's pretty low. And and actually, it got way lower than that. Let me see. In two thousand nine, got down to a buck, a yeah, dollar So it's one of the reasons I'm not a really big fan of buying and holding stuff. And the funds that I'm investing in, by the way, they don't buy and hold either. They buy and, and hold it as long as the stock continues to meet the criteria. Every single fund I own has a sell strategy built into it. Most of the funds that I own today have a sell strategy, but you don't have to pay the capital gains tax on that. You have to call me to figure out how that one works because I don't have enough time to go through that today. But the, uh, Anyway, so the second stock that looks really good came up on my scans. Is uh, Amcor symbol AMKR? It's a classic breakout. It's only nine dollars and eighty-eight cents. That makes me a little nervous because the smaller they are, the the uh, higher percentage they fluctuate in a day. In fact, that uh, wasn't the. If I go back to the beginning of August. That had one day where the whole range in that day was twenty percent. <laughs> one day. Yeah. Anyway. Oh man, I hear the music. I want to give you one more symbol. It's uh, synaptics, S-Y-N-A, good-looking chart pattern. Those guys make touch devices. Yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. I will absolutely spend more time on this next week. Feel free to call me if you have any questions. Have a good week, everybody. You're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. I'll talk to you next Saturday morning.
0: The Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.